0: Hello and welcome. I'm Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career, adjusting to stay at home mom life, in order to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work life balance journey so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are new to Welcome, If you are new to One of a Kind You, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you are a frequent listener to One of a Kind You, I'm so thrilled that you came back to listen to another episode. I hope that you will find today's episode helpful and insightful. And if you are new to One of a Kind You, the format of this podcast is that I read a journal entry from about five or six years ago and of mine, and then I share now what I know and what I wish I had known then. And so we're just going to get right to it. So this journal entry is from January 7th, 2016. Last night was rough. Tuesday afternoon was rough too. The girls don't listen to me when I ask them to do things and I have to repeat myself multiple times before I get a response to my request. It is incredibly frustrating and I'm struggling to cope with it. I don't want to be the angry, annoyed mom that shames them. It is at the point where I am in survival mode and I'm going through the motions. I feel that way with life in general. I had a breakdown last night and sobbed and sobbed. I don't like anything about my life right now and feel like the angry, bitter person that hates the world. I want more, than, I want more for myself and my girls and Pete. I feel almost as bad now as I did when I started counseling a year ago. This journey has been painful and challenging and nothing like I expected. I'm aware of my issues but I'm drowning in them and self-help books as I try to fix and heal myself. Since my last appointment with a therapist, I've decided I'm going to look for a therapist that specializes in codependency and childhood emotional neglect. I'm hoping this person can get me to heal the root of the problem and all the wounds associated so I can function in a normal, healthy way with coping skills to make life's challenges less difficult. At this point, something's got to give. So I don't know if anyone relates to feeling like they're in survival mode. And if I'm being honest, there are times now where I feel still feel like I'm in survival mode, but I think I'm just able to navigate that feeling more easily because I can recognize it. And it doesn't feel like life or death where in January of 26, 2016, a uh, survival mode felt like life or death for me. And it felt like I was dying a slow, painful death. Um, but looking back, honestly, I didn't really have anything to hate about my life. um, I wish I had a different perspective because I look back now and realize that I wasn't fully present then and I missed out on opportunities with my kids and my husband and myself, really. Um, But overall, my life was good. My husband had a great job. I had two beautiful, healthy kids and I had a beautiful home and... um, You know, life was good. We could pay our bills. I had food to put on the table. Um, it, it really wasn't, from the outside looking in, I'll say there really wasn't anything for me to be hating. You know, the hating my life right now was really about not liking myself as a person and the way that I felt and the way that I was showing up for my family and really the world in general. Because... I was so easily frustrated and angry with my family, um, which was devastating to me because I didn't want to be that way with them because they're my world. And at the same time, I felt like with certain groups or with my family, I had this, um, front up that gave the illusion that everything was fine. Life was grand. Life was perfect. And so, um, it's just, I'm, I'm thankful I have a different perspective now, um, so that I can navigate the struggles more easily and I'll try and share some of what that is now with you so that if you feel like you're in survival mode or you feel like there's really not much about your life that you like or love or that's worth liking or loving maybe it can give you some guidance or some hope Um, so the other thing too was that I was running a, a pattern with my kids so, um, and the pattern is so clear here in my writing and I see it because of my coaching background, but in the moment I couldn't see it. So it's called the, um, the crazy eight pattern. And so, um, a calm, it's very a very common mom pattern um, where you're angry with your kids and you lose your mind and you scream at them or you act like a raging lunatic or you feel like you're going off the deep end. And then you have that moment of guilt, like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be the mom who yells at my kids. I don't want to be the mom who is angry all the time. You know, all the things that I wrote, I don't want to be the angry, annoyed mom. I don't want to be the mom that shames my kids. And so when I had that feeling of anger and I would lose it and lash out, and at this time my girls were little, they were only five and two, Uh, then... I would feel guilty because they were only five and two and they needed a mom who was patient and a mom who didn't lose it and a mom who could communicate better and show them rather than scream at them and who wouldn't get annoyed after repeating herself 15 times. And so the pattern is you're angry and then you feel guilty and then it swings back. It's like it shapes like an infinity sign and then you feel angry again for feeling guilty. Like, wait a second, why do I feel guilty? If they had just listened to me, then I wouldn't have had to scream, and then it wouldn't be like this, and blah, blah, blah. So it's a crazy eight pattern, and I was running it so frequently, not just with my kids, but with Pete, too. I would get so angry with him, and then I would feel guilty for being angry with him. So because he worked hard, he provided for our family, he was very tolerant of my crazies, And, um, and I just felt like, you know, he deserved better than what I was showing up with. So I was running this pattern with him and with my kids. And uh, the trick is to interrupting the pattern. So, so recognizing, okay, I'm running this pattern and I'm You know, and recognizing like, okay, I went from angry to guilty and oh, I'm swinging back to anger again. So that's where you have to interrupt the pattern. And you can do that by getting a drink of water. You can do that by taking a deep breath. You can get up and taking a walk. You can make a phone call. You just have to do something that shifts your focus from the anger and the guilt to something else. And it might be that you go have a talk with your kids uh, if you can get yourself together in that time. So that was, that was part of it is that I was running a pattern. I didn't recognize that I was running a pattern. And then as for the survival mode, I was just holding on so tight for my need to have control. I, I just wanted to have control so badly because there really wasn't anything in my life that I felt I had control of. I didn't have control of my husband's work schedule and when he would be available and around for my kids and me. I didn't have control over my kids' behavior um, because they're individuals. I didn't have control over my emotions. I didn't have control over how my job ended. You know, I didn't have control over how I left my teaching career. I didn't have control over anything. I didn't have control over myself. But now I know as a coach that there are only four things that we can control and it's what it's your own being. It's, I can control what I say, what I think, what I feel, what I do outside of those four things. I have no control. I have influence and I can use tools and strategies to influence others, but ultimately you have no control because you can't, um, I mean, you could physically force someone, but that's not the approach that you want to take. Uh, You could use manipulation as a way to force them. But if you want to have a healthy, and I use the term healthy lightly, um, but if you want to have a functional instead of a dysfunctional relationship or experience, then maintaining the focus on what you can control is key. So if I had also been able to recognize, you know, I only have control over what I say, think, feel, and do, then... That would have also helped. I would have stepped out of that survival mode because I wouldn't have been clinging to control so tightly. And it was, it was, uh, I'll say, beyond a need. It was a must. Um, it was a non-negotiable for me to have control because I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had control over anything else. So ultimately, I was just striving for control. And when you are living in a place where I'm trying to control twenty-four-seven, it's gonna put you into survival mode because uh, you're not. It's not allowing you to think rationally. It's not allowing you to behave rationally. And it, quite frankly, it becomes exhausted, exhausting trying to control everything because you're not a puppeteer. So you, it, it just becomes exhausting trying to maintain control of every single thing, of every single speck, all day long. So when I realize that I, I only have control over me. Now that takes a huge amount of the survival mode off because I recognize that people have to meet me halfway and they have to show up just as much as I'm showing up. So that was huge. And then also to letting go of the crazy eight pattern, and I still run it sometimes, but less so because I'm aware of it now. And so when I releasing the control, and oftentimes I ask myself, now is it going to matter in five years? If the answer is no, I just keep on moving because if it's not going to matter in five years, it's not most of the time worth exhausting yourself over something in this minute. Is it going to matter in six months? Maybe. Then maybe think about, you know, exerting more effort or energy into the situation. But I really just try to take that perspective, like how much does the situation really matter? And so that's been super helpful with my kids and the relationship I have with them and when they listen to me and when they don't and when they do what I ask and when they don't and, and that. but it's also been helpful in my dynamic with my husband because I used to, you know, nag him relentlessly about like, Oh my gosh, the dishes in the dishwasher aren't done this particular way. And I had to step out and say like, okay, my way is not the only way. Is it, does it still drive me bonkers when he doesn't put the cups in correctly and he Yes. Does it drive me bonkers when he doesn't sort the silverware and the dishwasher? Yes. But does it really matter? No. And that's kind of a silly small example. Um, But I was at the point, at this point in time, my husband and I, my expectations of him were out of control. My expectations of my kids were out of control. It was unrealistic across the board. So when I let go of that need to control how he was being, you know, as a parent with the kids, how he was being as a husband, uh, how he was helping with housework and laundry and vacuuming and all the things, then I could step into and focus really on what was really actually important to me and what actually really could I contribute. And that really helped free up that feeling of, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore because I'm just surviving. It allowed me to step into things a little bit differently and come from it at a different place. So I can feel more, uh, like I'm contributing to things that really matter now, not contributing to how the dishes in the dishwasher were loaded. So I hope that gives you some insight of how to step out of survival mode and into thriving mode um, it's just really focusing on what you can control. It's really focusing on creating standards rather than expectations. And I've talked in a previous episode about standards versus expectations. I don't remember offhand, so I can always pop it in the show notes if that's something that you'd be interested in going back and listening to at another time. Um, the other thing too for the survival mode and feeling like my life was so bad was that honestly I was just overwhelmed. I was taking care of two young children by myself. And granted, my older daughter was in kindergarten at the time, and I had Casey home with me. But I was managing two dogs, a cat, a house, after-school activities, doctor's appointments for the kids, dental appointments for the kids. Really, I was doing it all um, so that my husband could go to work and, and make the money to provide for us. So I was just so overwhelmed, and I wasn't taking care of myself in the way that I needed to. Yes, I was going to therapy each week for an hour, But that in itself was exhausting because I was just rehashing all of the trauma, all of the hurt, all of the pain over and over and over, and I wasn't getting anywhere with it. And so that was exhausting. And then my husband couldn't leave work to come be with the kids. So there I was exhausted from therapy for crying for an hour, trying to be a present mom. So it really also came the survival mode, the being unhappy was just really um, products of being overwhelmed with just life in general, because I was trying to manage too many things at one time. And really, I felt bad because I felt like I wasn't making any change. So I had been going to the therapist since November of 2014. And here I was January of 2016, and I really had felt no different. The only difference was that I had labels. Codependency, anxiety, childhood emotional neglect, but I hadn't really gotten to the root of the unhappiness. Yeah, you could say the labels, but what about the codependency? What about the childhood emotional neglect? What about the anxiety it was making me miserable? It all boiled down to the fact that I didn't feel lovable. I didn't feel like I mattered. And I just felt completely worthless. And so that was where the root problem was. I just. I didn't feel loved and the traumatic experiences I had, um, especially with the high school boyfriend, I really feel like that confirmed that, that no, you aren't worthy, you aren't lovable and there is something wrong with you. And so I was engaging in all of these patterns and these behaviors and these thought loops that were perpetuating that and hashing out all this every week with the therapist was in fact also reinforcing that. And it was overwhelming trying to process everything like, oh my gosh, how did I get to the point where I was considered an anxious person that might need anxiety medication? How did I get to the point where I was suffering from childhood emotional neglect at the age of 30-something? Let's see, Casey, I was 32 so how now at 32 did I get to this point when I went to therapy thinking that I was just going because I was having an identity crisis because of, I left my teaching career. So it was just so overwhelming to process all of this information and really with nothing, no tools, no strategies, no mindset shifts, nothing really to help me make the transition and understand exactly where I was, what was happening, why it was happening, all of those things. And so it was. It's interesting now. Reading back, I'm like, you know what? I, I knew that I needed to get to the root of the problem. That all of these things that I was dealing with—the crazy eight pattern, the codependency, the anxiety, the ch- childhood emotional neglect—they were all symptoms of a root problem. And so I look back. I'm like, wow, Kim, you were—you had the coaching philosophy before you even knew what life coaching was. So. It wasn't that i needed a new therapist i mean i did because this therapist really wasn't helpful i just needed someone who was going to be able to get me to help get me to be able to figure out what the root problem was and like i mentioned it was all those things it was feeling unlovable it was feeling defective it was feeling like a failure those feelings of inadequacy were the root problem and the codependency just perpetuated that The childhood emotional neglect perpetuated that. The anxiety perpetuated that. And so i that was the ticket, though. And that's the ticket that I have for all my clients and even for my girls in my after school program. The key is to really get to the root of the problem. You know, why are you feeling anxious? Why do you have low self-esteem? What about what about life the life experiences that you've had is creating the pattern of anxiety is creating the pattern of low self esteem is creating the pattern of survival mode is creating the pattern of feeling like a failure as a mother is creating the pattern of being the angry person or the bitter person and so that's really what what the heart of my philosophy is let's get to the root of the problem and heal that rather than saying oh you're anxious here's anxiety meds. And so that was what I was really seeking was that I needed someone to help me to get to the root of the problem. When I Once I got to the root of the problem, that was the game changer. That was really where all the growth started happening. And I no longer felt like I was in survival mode. And I no longer felt like I needed to drown myself in self-help books. Now, just a little side, I love self-help books. I read them all the time. Um, I can't get enough, but now I read them from a different place. I don't read them from a place of survival and desperation. I read them from a place of curiosity and insight. So so I hope that you found this episode of One of a Kind You helpful, and I hope that you were able to take something from today's episode to either interrupt the pattern, the crazy eight mom pattern of anger and guilt, or to help you take one step outside of survival mode so you can start getting towards thriving mode. And so if you haven't, or if you have a question about anything that I've shared in this episode today, please, please, please reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram. I love uh, meeting new people. I love answering questions. I love giving, helping people to get insight into, um, making change, even if it's just one small step, that's all you need to start with. So I just can't thank you enough for tuning into today's episode of one of a kind. You, if you found this helpful, or if you think that you have a friend who might help from listening to this episode, please feel free to share it with them. I would be so appreciative and I can't wait to see you next week. Thanks for tuning in.